filler in business books and audiobooks takes up time that you don't have. You're here because you want the golden nuggets from each book without all the BS. The more you learn, the more power you have to affect the world around you. This is the Cut the Crap Podcast. Never read a book again. And here's your host, Ryan Caligiuri. What's going on, you guys? Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Cut the Crap Podcast, where week after week I'm condensing books down to their core golden nuggets, saving you time from having to read it yourself. Maybe I'm giving you a refresher, or maybe I'm just giving you some new stimulus for you to go and pick up that book yourself. This week, we're focusing on the book, The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts. Ah, so nice. Listen, I've been reading about this book, or sorry, hearing about this book for so long, and I've never actually had a chance to sit down and read it. It wasn't in my bookshelf. I had to go up and order it, and uh, I'm glad I did. I'm really glad I did, because it gave me some insight into relationships that maybe I didn't have before, or just an appreciation for how different people are and how we all have these different love languages. You know, myself, I'm a guy of words, and so I always feel like if I use my words properly, that's my way of showing affection for somebody. That's my way of showing my appreciation for someone. Problem is, if that someone doesn't have a love language that takes very kindly to affectionate words, those words are going to be meaningless, and they're not going to feel loved. They're not going to feel appreciated. And so I need to understand their love language in order to make them feel loved, and vice versa. They need to know what makes me feel loved. So my goal at the end of this podcast is to help you understand the five love languages and help you understand how to use them to help better your relationships. Gary Chapman, the author of the book, he says that unhappiness in marriage and in relationships often has a very simple root cause, and it's that we speak different love languages. So very simply, if you understand the love language of your spouse, of your partner, of your boyfriend, of your girlfriend, whatever, if you understand their love language, then you can start to communicate at a more powerful level. So to me, I think it's pretty interesting. Like I said, I want to switch this up every once in a while. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not just a business guy. I'm a love guy too. What can I say? <laughs> I'm full of crap. No, guys, honestly, I just, I like to change it up once in a while. You know, diversity is a good thing. Getting new stimulus, new information is a good thing. Yeah, I got to change it up. I can't always read about sales and marketing, innovation, strategy, all that stuff. It's good. I, I want to know that. I want to learn that. But at the same time, let's throw some new stuff in there. And so I think this book uh, is definitely um, good stimulus and I think it's very good knowledge for us to have because let's face it, all of us are going to be in relationships at some point in time. So I think it's pretty important that we understand the five love languages. So on that note, why don't we crack right into this one, you guys. The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts by Gary Chapman. Golden Nugget number one, words of affirmation. Now, one way to express love emotionally is to use words that build people up, that build your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, words that build them up. Now, many couples, they've never learned the tremendous power of verbally affirming one another. There's tremendous power in it. Verbal compliments or words of appreciation are powerful communicators of love, and they're best expressed in very simple Very straightforward statements of affirmation such as, Hey babe, you look fantastic in those heels today. Or, babe, you know, your hair just, it looks really nice today. Or, hey, you know what, that suit looks so sharp on you. You look fantastic today. Now those are compliments about their appearance, but it doesn't just have to stop at their appearance. You can go to other areas like, you know what, I really appreciate how I come home and the house is clean. 
It really means a lot to me that you do that. Thank you so much. Or, you know, babe, I just got to say I love your smile. You know, you always have a way of smiling and it always makes me feel better. Or you always find a way to make me laugh. Now, if you love receiving those kind of compliments, then your love language is affirmation. Because you feel most loved when your partner is using the words to compliment you or your actions or to encourage you or the actions or the things that you're doing. Again, something as simple as you look sharp in that suit may be everything that you need to hear from your partner once a week to feel loved. Psychologist William James said that possibly the deepest human need is the need to feel appreciated. Words of affirmation will meet that need in so many individuals. Understand if your spouse, your partner, your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, understand words of affirmation is a part of their love language. If it is, then you need to put more effort, more time into complimenting them. Using your words to help give them that affirmation that you love them. Now there's your first challenge. For your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, is their love language words of affirmation? Because if it is, you need to make more of an effort in order to communicate to them how you feel. Because to them, it's all about communication. It's all about understanding the words that you use to help them feel loved. So spend some time, think deeply, and be conscious about affirming your partner on a regular basis. Tell them how good they look. Tell them how they make you feel. Tell them that you appreciate them. And that's going to go a long way. Golden nugget number two, quality time. Now, by quality time, I mean giving someone your undivided attention. And that's the key word there, undivided attention. Now, I don't mean sitting on the couch watching TV together. Now, when you're spending time on the couch, what are you doing? You're watching TV, you're watching Netflix, you're watching HBO, Game of Thrones, Narcos, you know, whatever. You're watching Shameless, you're watching some sort of show, and that's getting your attention. Not your spouse, not your boyfriend, not your girlfriend. It's the TV, it's the show. So what I mean by quality time is, I mean sitting on the couch together, looking at each other together, talking, holding each other's hands, whatever, petting each other's backs or hair, I don't know, whatever people do. But devices are put away, TV's off, you're giving each other your undivided attention. So maybe you don't sit on the couch watching TV, maybe you, didn't, you go take a walk together, you go walk the dog, just the two of you, or you go to eat at a restaurant, you listen to the music together. You sit down, you enjoy a drink together at a restaurant, or you sit on a patio somewhere, or you do some sort of activity where you two are doing things together, you're talking, you're experiencing time together. That's what it's about. And you know, for this example, I like to almost liken it to like filling a gas tank. You know, you have to give somebody your undivided attention on the other person, because you don't really fill someone's love tank if you're multitasking on your phone or watching TV. You know, you're constantly there and you're away. You're there and you're, you're, you're away. No, they need some intensity. They need your full attention in order to feel fulfilled, in order to feel love. That's the kind of quality time they need to feel loved. And I get it, guys. Time, it's, it's tough. Time is a precious commodity. And so all of us have very limited amounts of time of the day. And we all have multiple demands on our time, yet each of us has the exact same hours in a day. We have to make the most of those hours by committing some of those to our spouse, to our boyfriend, to our girlfriends. Because if your partner's primary love language is quality time, they simply want you to be with them, spending time together. 
So again, don't just focus on them and then divert that focus elsewhere. Focus them, divert that focus. Give them your undivided attention. Again, that's the key word, undivided attention. Maybe it's an hour together, but make sure you're doing something together. Form an experience around doing something. Maybe you're doing yard work together. You know, not someone in the front yard, someone in the backyard, but you guys are doing it together. You're planting trees or planting, you know, your garden together or... You know, I don't know what it is, but you got to be creative and figure out what it is that you guys can do together. Every couple's different. You know, for myself, I'd prefer to go out to dinner together. I'm not a quality time type of guy. That's not my love language. But if it was, I'd love to go out to dinner together. Listen to some music at dinner together. Enjoy some wine together. That would be my kind of thing. So this is an important one, you guys. If your love language is quality time, you have to make time to give your spouse undivided attention. That's the key. Golden nugget number three, receiving gifts. Now, almost everything ever written on the subject of love indicates that at the heart of love is a spirit of giving. Now, all five love languages challenge us to give to our spouse. But for some, receiving gifts, visible symbols of love, for some, that speaks the loudest. Now, what is a gift? Now, a gift is something that you can hold in your hands and say, look, he thought of me, he appreciates me, or look, she remembered me, you know, she thought of me and she gave me this gift, I feel appreciated, I feel loved. Now, in order to give somebody a gift, you have to be thinking about them. So the gift itself, it's a symbol of that thought, it's a symbol of you thinking about them, and that's where the power comes in. The gift itself is meaningless, but it's the act of actually going out getting that gift or making that gift that's what it's about it goes to show that hey this person was thinking about me and that process of them thinking about you is where the power comes in that's what fills their love tank that's what makes them feel loved now the gift itself it doesn't matter if it costs money it doesn't matter if you made it yourself it doesn't matter if it's you know a handful of dandelions stuff if that's what they're going to appreciate i don't know this isn't kindergarten anymore and not a grade school teacher but i don't know what they love but What I'm trying to say is it doesn't matter if the gift costs something or it doesn't cost anything. What's important is that you thought of him or you thought of her. Because it's not the thought implanted only in the mind that counts, but it's the thought expressed in actually securing the gift and giving it as the expression of love. That's what counts. Hope you followed me there on that one. It's a little complex. Kind of got lost in my own mind there for a second. But the whole idea of you going out and thinking about this person putting in that thought, putting in that effort. That's what they appreciate. And so receiving gifts, honestly, guys, this is probably one of the easiest of the love languages. If your spouse's primary love language is receiving gifts, you can become a very good lover, a very good lover by just being a great gift giver. Again, it's one of the easiest love languages to learn. One more thing on this golden nugget, the whole idea of gift giving. You have to be good at giving gifts. And what I mean by that is you can't just go out and give them something they don't want. For example, if they're not a hockey fan and you go out and you get them hockey tickets, it's not going to work. If they don't like flowers and you give them flowers, it's not going to work. If they don't like ballet or the opera and you go get tickets to the ballet or opera, they're not going to feel appreciated. They're going to feel like, well, why did you give me this stupid gift for? You know I don't like this and it's going to backfire on you. So you have to look for different cues. You have to really understand your partner, your spouse. And you have to really give them a gift that they're going to appreciate. You know, a little stimulus for you. Go online. Go to their Facebook page. Go to their Pinterest wall. See what they're pinning up on their walls. What do they like? What what don't they like? 
You know, go on their Facebook. What are they talking about? You know, use social media to your advantage to understand perhaps what they like, what they don't like. You know, people are giving thumbs up to everything every single day and find out what that thing is. And when you find out what it is, give them that gift. Surprise them. Show them that you thought about them. Show them that you went on to, to social media and you put effort in to find out what it is and then tell them what you did. Again, that's going to be even more powerful. It's going to help them. It's going to help you demonstrate how much you appreciate them and they're going to definitely feel that from you. Golden nugget number four, acts of service. And by acts of service, I mean that you're doing things that you know your spouse would like you to do. You're in service to them. Now, what I mean by that is things like cooking dinner, setting the table, emptying the dishwasher, cutting the grass, vacuuming, watering the plants, changing the baby's diaper, filling the gas tank up, washing the car, walking the dog, bathing the dog, whatever it is. Those are all acts of service. Now, why are those things important and why does that make somebody feel fulfilled? Why does that make somebody feel loved? Well, it works because it requires thought. It requires planning. It requires time, effort, and energy to do those things. And so if you do these activities, like changing the baby's diapers, setting the table, making dinner, emptying the dishwasher, if you do all of those things with a positive spirit, then they're definitely an expression of love. But that's the key term there, a positive spirit. You can't just go about and be like, yeah, whatever, I'm, I'm going to go mow the lawn, I hope you're happy, or... You know, I emptied the dishwasher, so don't complain about it. You can't do that because that's not going to fill their love tank, essentially. That sounds kind of weird, their love tank, but you know what I mean. That's not going to make them feel loved. It's going to make them feel like, oh, well, thanks for, for helping out. I, I appreciate it, I guess. You know, it's not going to really do the trick. So you got to bring that positive energy to the activity that you're doing. And then that, and then that, that's when you're going to fill up their love tank. And that's when they're really going to truly feel loved. And so this is an interesting one here too, because when you think about this one, you might get people who believe in stereotypes as, well, I'm the man of the house. Don't, hey, by the way, don't beat me up for this. I'm not saying this. I'm only using this as an, as an example. But if you're a man, you might say, well, you know, I don't cook. I don't clean. I don't change the baby's diaper. I mean, that's woman's work. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm filling her gas tank and I'm washing her car. You know, that's, she should appreciate that. Oh, come on, guys. You got to do better than that. You know, if that's just status quo, then you have to try harder. You know, if their love language is acts of service, then you have to go out of your way. Be a man and cook a meal. Change the baby's diaper. Do the things that she does. Help her out. If she cleans the bathrooms, hell, you go clean the bathrooms. Get your hands dirty. Be a man about it. And vice versa. For you ladies out there, you know what? Maybe you're not a big fan of cleaning the car. Maybe you're not a big fan of filling the gas tank. Well, you know what? Go get dirty. Go get in that car wash and clean the car. Vacuum it from top to bottom. You know, wash it down with the pressure washer. Give it a good waxing afterwards. Bring that bad boy home and show your husband what you did there. Now, again, that's the thing. These are stereotypes and you kind of got to get over these stereotypes. And, you know, I kind of hope that in 2017, a lot of these stereotypes don't exist. That we kind of just have a blended model and that where, you know, men and women, they both do the cleaning. They, do, they both do the cooking. They both clean the car. They both fill the gas tank. But I know that's not the case in every single, you know, uh, city or every single family. So with this one here, you kind of have to break down the walls of the stereotypes in order to actually fulfill the acts of service love language. So if your spouse's love language is acts of service, then I got to tell you, actions, they speak louder than words. 
Last but not least, golden nugget number five, physical touch. Now, we have long known that physical touch is a way of communicating emotional love. We just know that. When you touch somebody, when you're very, you know, flirty, it's just a sign of love. And a lot of this is backed up by numerous research projects in the area of child development. And they've concluded the exact same thing, where babies who are held, stroked, and kissed, they develop a healthier emotional life than those who are left for long periods of time without any physical contact. This idea of physical touch, it's a powerful vehicle for communicating marital love, relationship love. Things like holding hands, kissing, embracing, sex, all of these are ways of communicating emotional love to one's spouse, to one's boyfriend, one's girlfriend. Now for some, physical touch is their primary love language, and without it, they feel unloved. But with it, their emotional tank, their love tank, it's filled up, and they feel secure in the love of their spouse. Now this whole idea of physical touch It actually requires very little time, but it does require a lot of thought, though. Especially if physical touch is not your primary love language, and if you didn't grow up with a very touchy-feely family. I mean, in my family, I grew up in an Italian family where, you know, we were very touchy-feely. You know, if you know me personally, you'll know that I'm that kind of guy where, you know, I like to pat people on the back or, you know, whatever, rub their arms or, you know, I'm that kind of guy. I'm a touchy-feely kind of guy. You know, so it comes easy for me. But if you don't have that kind of upbringing, you're going to have to work at it. So you got to try slowly. So for example, you might want to try just sitting closely to each other as you watch your favorite TV program. It doesn't require a lot of time or a lot of effort, but that ability to be close to one another. You know, maybe having a hand on a thigh or a hand on a leg or just holding someone's hand. That right there communicates your love very loudly to your spouse. Touching your spouse as you walk through the room where, you know, they're sitting down. It only takes a minute. You know, they might be sitting down on the laptop or looking at your phone. You might come by and put your hands on their shoulders and just kind of playfully rub their shoulders and give them a kiss on the neck. That kind of thing goes a long way, you guys. It goes a long way. Just these small little hallway passings that you go through and these kind of flirty touches. Listen, I don't care if you've been married for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. If your love language is physical touch, then you have to make the effort to do these small little things because these small little things that you do will help to make them feel loved. Again, touching each other when you leave the house and again when you return may only involve a brief little kiss or a small little hug, but it speaks volumes to your spouse. Now the cool thing with this one is that once you discover that physical touch is the primary love language of your spouse, I'm telling you, You're only limited by your own imagination on ways to express your love using touch. Very cool, you guys. Alright, my friends, there we have it. There's the five love languages, the secret to love that lasts by Gary Chapman. I don't know about you guys, man, but I felt good about this book. I really liked doing this book. had fun with it. You know, it's nice to break away from the business books and really get into something that you know can broaden our, our minds a little bit more and uh, add value to a different part of our life that goes beyond business, that goes beyond our career, that goes beyond you know our, our professional lives. You know, that's a big part of our lives, relationships, love. This is an important thing. And so to me, this book was, was really cool, man. I really like this one. You know, for me, the biggest takeaway here was that 
Lasting love comes down to choosing to love your significant other. Because those magical feelings that you have when you first start off the relationship, when you fall in love, that infatuation, it just doesn't last that long. And so for you to maintain that level of love, you need to understand those love languages. Words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, physical touch. You need to understand what best fills their love tank and vice versa. You need to understand what fills your love tank. And so you need to make sure that you're doing yourself a favor and you're telling your spouse what you need to fill your love tank. And vice versa, you need to understand their perspective and what fills their love tank. And so I'm really hoping that with this episode, you guys have been able to get a little bit of insight into the five love languages and you can think deeper about what your love language is and that you communicate that to your spouse, to your boyfriend, to your girlfriend. And that you do the same for them, that you ask them and you care for them and you find out what their love language is and then you do your best to fill that tank on a regular basis. And I'm telling you, it'll revive that magic in your relationship you might have lost. It is so funny, you know, in relationships, a lot of the problems that come about is just because we don't truly understand how to fill one another's love tank. You know, you might feel like you're being loving because you're touching them and to them that might not be their love language. To them it might be gifts. And as very simple as it is, buy them flowers or, you know, buy them a beer or whatever it is. You know, very stereotypical things, but it doesn't matter. So you got to find out what that love language is. And to me, this is just a very cool book because it's so practical and you can put it into practice for you almost immediately. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this one. I really enjoyed breaking this one down for you guys. And uh, I hope that maybe, you know what, maybe Dr. Ryan can help you guys out a little bit in your relationships. And, you know, I really hope that I was able to bring something to you guys with this episode. Uh, you know, different kind of episode, but I really enjoyed it and hope you guys enjoyed it too. And if you did enjoy it, then please do me a favor. Go online to iTunes, rate and review the show. It would mean a great deal to me if you guys do. And, um, you know, for those of you who have done it already, thank you so much. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, you know, sharing this with your friends, your family, share the podcast with them. Let them know that the podcast exists. Share with your friends, family, coworkers, and uh, keep spreading the good love out there, guys, because the show's growing, and I love just to see the show grow. But enough of the jibber-jabber, you guys. This is a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. I can't wait to come back here next week with brand new book and brand new golden nuggets. But until then, you guys have a productive, awesome week. Take it easy. I love you guys. We have our dreams, our passion for a reason. It is not by chance. Whatever vision you have for yourself, somehow you've been gifted with this inner voice, this spectacular talent and potential that's never ending. And most people never live up to that. Understand that what has been given to you has been given to you particularly, specifically for a reason. You're a one of a kind. You're something special. Don't cheat yourself out of that by living an average life. Life is hard, yeah, that's right. You're gonna experience some struggles, some pain, some hardships, but it's not about what happens to you. Because these things, whether you believe it or not, happen to everyone. But it's the way that you respond to these things that really makes you stand out. That's what makes a difference. You will never be able to control everyone and everything around you. You can't always choose what happens, but you can choose what you're going to do about it. That's fully and entirely up to you. 
Most people will make excuses, but if you want things to go your way, take full responsibility. Because that means you have the power to change it. It's up to you to make a difference. The power is in your hands. Now think about that for a second. That's all the power you need. The ability to impact and change anything. It's up to you. You have to switch out of that pity victim mentality and never look back. What gives your life meaning? What gives it purpose? What drives you? The voices in your head telling you that you are not good enough, that you can't make it happen, as well as maybe even the people around you saying those things, it has to stop, it has to end. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. You have to do better than that. You have to step up with some power. Make a statement to the universe. I am capable. I am powerful. I not only can, but I will make it happen. Only you can claim your own power. Nobody else can do that for you. You're designing your own future right now. You're crafting. You're creating right now. You're making your own experience. There are some abilities, some talents, some gifts you have that absolutely no one else can tap into except for you.